0: You're listening to Startup Korea. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Startup Korea. My name is Abel Acuna, and this podcast is all about the entrepreneurs and investors of Korea. My goal for this show is to get some of the entrepreneurs and founders here in Korea who have started their companies, built their companies, and get their advice share their stories, share their lessons, and also to profile new founders and new startups here in Korea. So if you're interested in the startup ecosystem in Korea, or if you're just interested in learning from entrepreneurs who have actually done this before, then this show is for you. You can find all the episodes at startupkorea.com Or even better, you can subscribe to Startup Korea. If you're a Mac or iPhone user, just open iTunes and search for Startup Korea. And if you're an Android user, like us on Facebook or go directly to the site. So that's Startup Korea. A little bit about myself. I am an American. I'm a previous startup founder here in Korea. I had the opportunity to start a company right after graduating. We built this company up for three years and later had it acquired by KakaoTalk where the company still builds new products, new apps for the KakaoTalk platform. So that's briefly about Startup Korea and about myself. This episode is with Maria Lee. I'm so excited to share this. I had the opportunity to sit down with Maria and chat about her new company called Ask Ajuma. What a cool name. What's an Ajuma? Well, you'll find out in this episode, but essentially Ask Ajuma is a virtual concierge service here in Korea. If you need anything purchased, anything done, just hit up Ask Ajuma on Kakao Talk or on Facebook or via email and they will research it and they'll get it done. And they make it really simple to order or buy things or just do the things that you would normally want to do but you can't do because of the language barrier in Korea. This is a really interesting service for expats in Korea. I know there's a lot of companies that are Korean-focused as Koreans are traveling around the world like Han and Tel This is kind of the opposite of Americans in Korea. So, I think this will give some of the Korean listeners some perspective about business opportunities within their own country that they might not realize because they don't face the same problems that maybe foreigners do. Maria shares her story on how she got this started as a foreigner, not really having a strong understanding of the language. So, if you're thinking, man, I wish I could start my own company, but you're worried about the language barrier here in Korea, then She has great advice on how you can overcome those challenges and get things going yourself. She also talks about what pushed her to jump full in into her new business, and then also about where Ask Ajuma is going next. This is a really fun conversation. I'm so happy to finally share this. So please enjoy this conversation with Maria Lee of Ask Ajuma. Maria Lee is the CEO of Ask Ajuma. Maria, thanks so much for being on Startup Korea. How are you doing today?
1: Great, thank you for having us with Startup Korea.
0: Absolutely. First off, what is an ajumma?
1: An ajumma? An ajumma is, you know, for a lot of people in Korea, they consider them the backbone of Korea. They are moms, they are maybe aunties, they are like your grandmothers, and they are the people that get stuff done. They are the people who take care of families and in a lot of ways uh, help build this nation.
0: Does that mean that you're an Ajima?
1: <laughs> well, yes, I am an Ajima. I have um, a family, also. I have a husband and two kids and two dogs, and so um, in a lot of ways, um, I am like the stereotypical Ajima, where you know, married woman with family. But I'm also a working mom, so uh, it's a combination of a lot of things. And I would say, yeah, I try to get stuff done.
0: <laughs> yeah. And what does your service do? What what? What is
1: Ask Ajima? is a virtual concierge service for foreigners who live in Korea at this moment. Um, it's super simple, you send us a message and you can order just about anything, whether you're looking for dinner, or whether you're looking for uh, furniture for your house, or whether you're looking for someone to fix your drywall because your dog just chewed through the wall. Or um, We've had requests all across the board, it's quite interesting. Um, how people are using AskAjuma, but it's mostly for the expat community that lives here in Korea, which means that they have challenges with language, they have challenges with finding the services and the products that they want, and we help them with that.
0: So could you walk us through how someone might actually use your service?
1: Sure, it's, like I said, super simple. All they have to do is send us a message through Kakao, and Kakao is a popular chat app in Korea or um, for folks that are new to korea and they don't have cacao they can also contact us through facebook or they can send us an email we are also developing a platform where they can contact us through other chat apps but that's still in the works and after they send us a message and they tell us what they're looking for and it can be just about anything uh, we start to do our research then we come back with a price we come back with delivery time we come back with all the details that they might be looking for and the customer just makes a decision whether this is right for them or not. That's it. That's it. You get everything done.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love how you you looked at the way that people are already communicating. You looked at their current behaviors. And instead of trying to change people and get them to jump on and use a different platform or a different way of communicating, you just use the existing service and platform to integrate yourself and to put yourself easily in the hands of 99%, 100% of the people here in Korea because if you live here you have to use KakaoTalk. It's a it's a really smart approach. I love how, you know, you didn't have to build anything new to get this going. Could you speak a little bit about your lean approach and how you're able to use KakaoTalk like how did you get your first users?
1: Right. Um, so we wanted to create as few barriers to entry as possible. It's difficult enough living in Korea. And so we didn't want to make anything harder, right? Everything is about making people's lives easier. Kakao was natural for us. They actually have something called Yellow ID, which is a business platform um, that creates a dashboard. So chat services generally are on your phone and you're using your thumbs to text. Well, that's not efficient for running a business. And because Kakao had a dashboard, it was natural for us to immediately go there. And say, okay, this is gonna this is gonna work for us on the back end. Uh, again, like you mentioned, on the front end, a lot of people already download Cacao. You know, and the folks that don't, they, that's okay too.
0: Yeah, and Yellow ID is something that's new yes. that was put out. When did you start using Yellow ID? Is that something that you rolled out from the very beginning?
1: Yes. So when we were trying to develop our MVP, uh, we looked at a lot of different options. You know. Immediately, we wanted to use WhatsApp because that's what a lot of foreigners use, but there's no dashboard. Yellow ID was available. It was pretty new. You ask most people, they still don't know what Yellow ID is. They're like, well, how do you do this? They don't realize that Kakao has a business platform. So we launched our service in May and luckily for us, Yellow ID was already around at that time. It is a fairly new product still. So it's not without its little glitches and bugs, but we work past them. Um, how we got our first customers. When you're an expat living in a foreign country, like the best place to find information is probably on the web. Uh, you don't know where to go. You don't necessarily know where all the foreigner hubs are yet, so you get on the Internet. And a lot of communities are formed through Facebook, interestingly enough. Um, and of course, there's other social media platforms, and we use those also. But for us, Facebook has created a really great jumping-off platform for us to reach a lot of foreigners.
0: So, what did you do to test your service before you were on Yellow ID or anything like that? Were you doing any market test to before you fully jumped into this business?
1: I would say yes and no. I would say uh, textbook says. When you start a business, you should start a business that you really fully understand well, where you know the problem the best. And for me, I know what it's like to live in Korea as a foreigner without Korean language skills and to have your family here. And because I was part of that foreigner community, I was surrounded by people who had the similar challenges. And even just in talking to them, they thought this was a great idea. So there was never a person (laughs) that said, oh, I don't see how that could work.
0: So you were kind of verbally getting some market feedback and testing out your idea with friends. And then you just heard lots of good, positive responses and that helped you jump in?
1: Well, I would say that without this service, what people do is they find a Korean friend and they basically mimic what we already do. They keep going back to that Korean friend. But at some point you realize, oh, wow, I'm really using this person a lot. And... You don't want to bother your friends that way. so
0: I have a friend <laughs> <laughs> that came to mind last year. Hey, James, can you help me uh, find an apartment? Can you help me get Wi-Fi for my apartment? And all these contracts, they're in Korean. Right. You have to go and speak, and it's Korean. Right. It's very difficult.
1: Yeah, and your friends are usually generally very happy to help you, especially when you're new. But after the 100th request and from... Not just from trying to rent an apartment, but to ordering dinner, to, you know, finding something on G Market like a pair of socks or something. It just gets old, right? So then it's like, oh, again?
0: I, I think by that time, I think a lot of guys who are expats here they probably have a Korean girlfriend. Or, <laughs> <laughs> so they can stop asking their their friends and then Yeah, it is hard because you need you need someone constantly there right. to help you out right. and Navigate through the language barrier. Yeah, I wish asked Ajumos around last year when I was going through you know, all these transitioning to, to living here. And when I heard about your service and found it, I just thought like, wow, this, there's such a great need for this. And I'm really surprised that other companies haven't jumped on this yet. Do you have any thoughts on what maybe why no one else has entered this space?
1: I would say people have been trying to do this on and off for a while this is not a brand new concept because like i said people generally ask their friends for help and then it's it's obvious there's a need and there have been companies that have come and gone so before i started ask Ajima, i did do some research and say okay is there something like this out there and then i would run into sites that showed an empty shell of a company where you contact them, but they're no longer there because they tried and somehow it didn't work for them. I would say that, and this is just my best guess why it didn't work, is um, people were trying to do it on their own. You know, the strength behind Ask Ajima is really in the team. And trying to do something like this on your own and, you know, being opening for like the whole day and being on call constantly is, is a lot to handle. And another thing that I think we did right was we narrowed our scope. We help people with products and services. So there are a lot of uh, free government hotlines in Korea and Korea's great. They do try, they put a lot of effort in helping foreigners live in Korea. Like there's hotlines like 1330 where you can call and get tourism information. If you wanna know where the best bars are in Gangnam, you can call them. There's also 120, there's BBB that does interpretations live for you, and it's all free. And most of them are 24 hours in multi-languages, like 10 different languages. What we did was we said, okay, well, we'll refer people to that, those hotlines when they have general questions because they already exist. They're great. But what those services don't do is they don't help you purchase anything. So if you wanted to know what movies are playing this weekend, they can help you with that. When you want to buy those tickets now, they can't help you with that. And so you have to wait to go there. And by the time you go there, if it's a popular movie, you won't get seats. We fill in that gap that is missing everywhere. We're not trying to compete with any other services out there. We're trying to complement and make it a better place, an easier place to live.
0: That's great. So you're you're going that final step. The user or the customer might have the information and now they want to act on it. But the existing services, they don't allow that final transaction. And so now... You guys are completing this this loop and trying to send people on their way to do whatever they're trying to do.
1: Yeah, they can spend more time with their families. I and mean, when you come to Korea, you want to explore, right? You're an expat. Or maybe you even want to like go on trips, but how do you get on those trips? Where you know, where do I rent a pension? Like all the websites are in Korean. So it's really hard for them to even book them. And let's just say you find something online, now you've got to call them. They don't speak English. <laughs>
0: So now I'd like to chat about how how did you get this started as a foreigner? It can be very difficult just trying to get things going. What steps did you take?
1: Well, I would say the hardest thing about starting a business in Korea is language differences. A lot of contracts and a lot of like just registering your businesses in straight Korean. Lucky for me, I somehow connected myself with the Seoul Global Center and they have a lot of resources to help people. They actually have a business center, and they actually also offer a free incubation space. And to start a business in Korea, you have to have an address. <laughs> and so, but before you start your business, or before you even get your address, you know, you want to be able to register your business. So it's, it's a catch right there. Um, some places won't even let you rent without the business license. So it, it's such an amazing resource, and I'm a great advocate for the Global Center and all the people that work there.
0: And before you finally registered and kind of jumped all into making Ask Ajuma, was there a moment in your mind, like, how did you do that? How did you jump in and finally do that crossover? Because before, you were working a full-time job here. Yes. And, yeah, how did you do that what, what went through your mind?
1: I don't think there's a particular defining moment that made me want to start a business. I've been wanting to do this for a while. Uh, I worked for the federal government for about 15 years, so I'm a career employee. I've always been a salary person. But over the course of the past five, maybe even 10 years, I, I can't remember that far back, I've always had this inclination that it wasn't enough. and. I wanted to be more innovative. I wanted to have like high-performing teams around me. I wanted to be around people who wanted to be there to do something greater than themselves, to change the world, which in the government, you think that's what they want to do. And there are people like that there, but there's a lot of bureaucracy. So over the course of many years, and I started off in San Francisco, then I moved to Hawaii, all working for different agencies. Then I moved to Korea, working for the government. I stayed here for three years. And I think at some point I just saw a golden opportunity and the right time. And I just said, OK, we're going to do it. I mean, I don't know how people find that inspiration or that courage, but it's now or never. Life is short. <laughs> and knowing that, you know, it's now is as good as any other time to do this. And I would say I guess there are a few defining moments in life that Kind of push you a little bit further. Um, about two years ago, my son got sick. He um, ended up with a brain infection, which he's completely fine now. He was about four years old at that time, and it's those little things that you know are so life or death-like, and it just makes you realize how short life is, and to cherish every moment that you have you know, you're lucky if you get that second chance, which we were all, all, I mean, we were very lucky. So, um, it's those things that just remind you, cause you know, you know, life is short, you know, that, you know, every moment is precious, but those moments, I guess, are those defining moments that push you further.
0: Yeah. I think we, we all know and we all realize and we, we kind of realize our inner potential, but it's hard to act on it.
1: Sure. I was a career employee. I was well taken care of. I was climbing the ladder. I was, you know, every place I went, I was promoted, right? So it's like, okay, I can keep doing this. And that, that's what it ended up being, right? So I was in San Francisco and I thought, no, I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna go start my own business. And then next thing you know, I'm offered a job in Hawaii. Who gives us a chance to move to Hawaii? So I'm like, okay, we won't quit. And then a few years in, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to start a business. I'm just gonna quit, right? My career. And then I get offered a chance to move to Korea, you know, and everything's paid for. It's relocation and it's a new, exciting opportunity. It's like, well, okay, no, we're going to (laughs) stay. And then, you know, actually I had had another offer before I made the decision to start this business and quit um, to move back to Los Angeles, which is kind of a fun place to be too. And um, it was a tough decision. It was a really tough decision, but I said, no, we're going to do this. I'm ready.
0: I think a lot of people fall into that similar cycle where you have a new position or you have a new city or a new expansion plan. And so it's exciting. Things are changing and it's easy to continue along a path that you're more familiar with or you kind of know it's going to be more secure. You're doing something that I see a lot of first time founders do maybe right out of university. And it's something that I did with my team at Ultra Caption is we were making products for ourselves, services for ourselves. And instead of making something for someone else or a business, or you think something that's gonna be a really good kind of cash out option, you're really attacking a problem that you felt yourself and that you know how you want to solve it. So I think I think that's you're always in a prime position where when you are the core customer and you know, you know how they think, you know the problems they face, you know the simplest way to provide solution. For yourself and you think man I just wish that this service existed and you wish upon it so much that you're like okay I'm just gonna do it myself that that's always an empowering place to be is there any sort of habit that you practice that has helped you with your business or your personal life
1: I don't know that it's necessarily a habit but I would say the one thing I do is I remind myself not to quit It's a roller coaster ride to start a business. And I hear this from every startup. You have your ups and downs and they're extreme. You know, there's moments where it's, it feels like, oh, it's all over. But then next moment you realize, actually, that wasn't such a big deal. And the one thing I just keep reminding myself is don't quit. It's never over until you quit. And yeah, you don't, you don't, it's, it's all, some, some of it is just perspective too, right? Like you think it's the end of the world, but when you step back for a second, you're like, okay, that's really not that big of a deal, but emotionally you can't help it because we're all humans. Right? So I guess that's, that's the whole thing. And, you know, i read a lot of startup books and, you know, look at other founders of successful companies and you realize that they didn't make it in a few days. They didn't make it in a few months. Some of them took years and they kept trying and they failed and then they succeeded. And it was because they didn't quit. They could have quit at any moment. And you know that there are people who have quit and said, you know, this isn't for me. And that's okay. You know, so it's okay to quit, but not if this is your passion. And someone asked me, you know, what would you do once? Ask Gajima or your business is super successful and you have tons of money. And for me, I realized it's not about the money. I made really good money before I quit my job. For me, personally, it's about creating that environment and that team. I really want to be around people who want to be there and who want to make something cool and progress and innovation. I could keep doing this for a really long time because I just enjoy it.
0: And this goes back to what you mentioned before about aligning what you're doing with kind of your passion and what you're interested in. And then when those two connect, it doesn't matter the hardships or any challenges that come up or the worries. Because you genuinely enjoy what you're doing Mm -hmm. and you want to make change and you just keep going. You have that persistence, resilience. Now, you mentioned that you read a lot of startup books and business books. Is there one book or resource that you'd like to recommend?
1: Well, it's hard to choose one, but one that I refer to people a lot because we are in the customer service business is Delivering Happiness. It's about the company Zappos and
0: with Tony Hsieh. Uh, Tony
1: Shea, right? Yeah. He tells his story and he deeply cares about his people and he deeply cares about customer service. And he's just one of those people that has inspired me. You know, I don't think it was always easy for him either. He talks about all his challenges. He basically sold everything he had that he, you know, he sold a company that he made a lot of money and then he almost blew it all to build this culture and this community. And that's that's empowering to know that someone was able to do it and he told the story really well. And so it's a book I like to recommend to people.
0: It's an awesome book. It is an awesome. Really great book. stories about his times in college, then his life out in Silicon Valley, building up his first incubator and in businesses, selling everything, selling his properties to, you know, help keep one of those businesses alive. And then moving everything down to different locations, moving people out of Silicon Valley down to Las Vegas. Very, very entertaining book. A lot of great lessons there. Now, before we wrap up, what are you most excited for next about Ask Ajima? And then lastly, how can people reach out to you and learn more about the service?
1: I am most excited about how much our team has grown and how much more potential we have. And we recently started our business and we've only done very minimal marketing and most of it has been social media. So there's so much more room to grow. Like I mentioned, we only have a few thousand customers. I say only now because in Korea, there's 1.5 million foreigners that live here. There's 14 million that visit every year. There's a lot of potential for growth there. And then beyond that, we want to leave these borders and go everywhere where there is a environment that can foster this type of service. And ultimately the vision is that one day this will be a global world and people will be global citizens and you can go anywhere and feel like you can manage yourself easily and have someone or a service on your side that can make it, you know, you're not just carrying around a book trying to translate (laughs) and order dinner and stuff like that. There's, There's something that connects you with the rest of the world easily. So I think that's really exciting. And I don't think that's very far from now. And it's just on the horizon.
0: And how can people learn more about Ask Ajima or reach out to you?
1: Uh, You can visit our website. There's www.askajima.com. You can also visit our Facebook page. Our Facebook page has a lot of different promotional opportunities that we try to uh, feature to expats. And that's also with the same name, Ask Ajuma, Facebook at Ask Ajuma. And we have an Instagram, which is also Ask Ajuma. So <laughs> it's pretty easy. Just remember, Ask Ajuma and you'll find us. If you just Google, I think that's the first thing will pop up is our website.
0: What or a great you name. you can
1: send us a message to Kakao if you have Kakao.
0: <laughs> what a great name. Ask Ajuma. Yeah, go ahead, add Ask Ajuma right now on Kakao Talk. If you don't have KakaoTalk for some odd reason in the world, download it right now too because it's one of the best messengers out there. Easy to make calls, easy to do video calls. And then the next person you should add is Ask Ajima. Check it out. Really cool service, really great idea. Maria, it's been such a pleasure chatting today. Thank you so much for your time and I'm so excited to learn more and hear more about your company in the future.
1: Thank you. It was really great meeting you too.
0: All right, that wraps up this episode of Startup Korea. If you enjoyed this episode, then please subscribe via iTunes or Facebook. Just search for Startup Korea on iTunes or Facebook and you'll find it. And if you have any startups that you would like me to interview or any startup questions, feel free to message me directly at able at startupkorea.co. Until next time, take care.